Hey guys, and welcome to another podcast from blockchaincamp.ca. My name is Richard Green, one of the digital asset educators. And at blockchaincamp.ca, we are trying to make crypto simple for you. And our goal is to help educate over a million people, and you might just be one of them. Okay, guys, a quick market recap before we get into today's subject of stablecoins. Right now, the market's sitting at around $220 billion for the market cap. Bitcoin is toiling with that 6400 to 6600 level. And I think that there is a new major support at 6000 uh, We broke through 6800 and we have been struggling to get back to that level for some time now. And Ethereum broke below $200 and is trading at around 234 I think it's safe to say there's a... A support around the $200 mark. This week we saw some interesting news guys with Ripple surpassing ETH and its market cap to take the number two position but it was short-lived. In a matter of a week we saw Ripple pump from about uh, 30 cents up to almost 70 cents guys with some major shorts coming in and a huge market sell-off bringing the market cap down to around the 200 billion dollar level which is still four times off the all-time highs in that 8 850 range that we experienced back in January so guys we are still going through a bear market we have not seen a confirmed bullish reversal and until we begin to see higher lows this will continue to be the case but do not fear if you're in it for the technology you understand the long-term vision of blockchain of decentralized assets and cryptocurrencies but if you're new to the market i'm sure these volatile movements could be very very scary and um, very perplexing at times when you have no idea why something is moving up and down with no apparent news releases but we see the volume on the charts we can see that there are lots of trading going on still guys the volume is high in the billion dollar range a daily basis and there are larger institutions slowly deploying capital not only in the crypto space but in actually purchasing uh, securities and assets in the ownership of the projects which is where the bigger uh, payoff is and that's only if you know someone who knows someone or have enough assets to be able to invest in an actual crypto projects company Either way, guys, today I'd like to look at stablecoins. Uh, some of you have been asking about things like Tether, when to use it, is it important? And I just want to give a quick overview of what these stable assets look like and what they might mean for you. So let's call this Stablecoins 101. If you trade on Binance, uh, you've seen uh, USDT area, which is basically Tether or a synthetic form of US currency. Now to back it up, guys, about a decade ago now, Satoshi came out with his white paper and three of the most important attributes of a digital currency is that it has a means of exchange, it's a unit of account, and a store value. But inherent in all of this and surrounding all of these attributes is the issue of volatility. And this is where stable coins come into play now. The role of a stable coin is to try and as it says, provide some stability for a particular asset so it's not as 
price volatile and it can hold whether it be backed by fiat, crypto, or non-collateral, which as you might guess are the three major types of stable coins currently being traded. So the fiat collateralized uh, form of a stable coin is basically an IOU that's backed by fiat money. So in the case of Tether, Tether is actually ran by a company called Tether Limited using the OmniLayer protocol uh, with proof of reserve. So Tether claims to have a bank account somewhere with one-to-one US dollars in their bank account. And so when someone buys Tether, they're essentially buying a digital form of US currency. Now, there are other similar projects, and there are tons of stablecoin projects if you begin to look, probably over a dozen. And a couple other that are noteworthy for um, competing with Tether are USD Coin, which is being created by Circle, uh, and also Digix, which has a different approach. Instead of using fiat, they're actually using gold. So their claim is that if you purchase a unit of Digix, you're actually purchasing a representation of gold. Very interesting, right? The next type of stablecoin is called a crypto collateralized stablecoin, and it's more decentralized. That's the approach. And some of the notable names are MakerDAO, which runs on ETH and um, other assets, BitShares, Haven. So it essentially means that if you're buying this coin, it's represented and held by other crypto assets, which gives it some form of value. And the third type and least popular type of stablecoin is a non-collateralized stablecoin. As the name implies, there's no collateral behind it. They give you seniorage shares, which are backed by, say, trust in a bank or in some type of algorithm. And it's essentially you're putting your trust in the institution that they can provide um, a redeemable form of that asset. And there are, lo- there are lots of limitations because stablecoins are at its early stage and there's not a lot of transparency. But let's just take a look at some of the few points that you may want to be wary of stable coins in general. Now, a lot of them are centralized and we're depending upon them to execute on what they're saying, which means that this gives us a single point of failure where if, say, for example, Tether Limited, you know, were hacked or something happened to the company or they did something nefarious, this could essentially reduce the value of the actual Tether being traded down to zero. Uh, The other big issue is that there's very poor transparency. A lot of these companies claim that they're audited by independent accounting firms, but we rarely see those reports. So we're going on their word. And also, there is no guarantee, guys. Um, Over the years so far in 2018, there's been over a billion dollars that's been estimated that has been stolen in crypto. So, I mean, there is... uh, There's a lot of gray area going on and we don't uh, see the bigger picture, but we're giving this enormous amount of trust into these companies and projects that are aiming to provide some form of a stable coin. For crypto collateralized based stable coins, it's really hard also to be able to peg um, a crypto asset to being stable. So for example, uh, Ethereum, it fluctuates quite a bit in its uh, price and other crypto assets as well. And so what that means is that as the 
cryptocurrency is fluctuating, the stablecoin has to do either some buying or selling or reduction of supply to be able to maintain um, a stable value. And that can be very challenging during times of high volatility. And also there are high capital requirements for having a collateralized based uh, stablecoin, meaning that you have to have some form of crypto up front and holding it to be able to then say that this is going to back um, whatever particular stablecoin, whether it's MakerDAO or BitShares or Haven. And so overall, there's high volatility throughout. Um, but as as more transparency is provided and insurance and backing uh, for the institution. So, for example, if Tether Limited was now backed by the FDIC, which insures bank deposits, then this will not only increase um user confidence but also you'll have some paper trail to say yes they actually have 2 billion us or 40 million euros which is what they're claiming right now in their bank account to account for these synthetic forms of usd but let's make it practical guys should you ever use a stable coin like tether now we get this question all the time and it's really down to your uh, preference, but there are some times where using Tether could be advantageous. For example, if your particular coin has just pumped, you know, 20, 30, 40%, and you're looking to lock in those profits, uh, a move that can be made would be selling off uh, some of your crypto into USD. USDT, I should say. So what does this look like? Say, for example, you're holding a position, it goes up in value in 20%. Um, you would sell into either Ethereum or into Bitcoin as the major trading pairs. And then from there, you would then sell into USDT, which would then stabilize that value. Now, there's pros and cons in doing this. One of the biggest pros for this would be if Bitcoin or Ethereum then falls further, you're holding your USD value on your gains. A con, obviously, and a big risk is if you purchase USDT and Ethereum and Bitcoin then continues to pump, you're losing out on those gains, but at least you're locking in your position, right? Another time to consider using something like Tether would be during periods of high volatility. Now, during the shift between a bear market to a bull market and vice versa from a bull to a bear market, there is high volatility that starts off extremely high, then it comes down lower and lower until we find some sort of uh, trading range. And during that time, it can be very stressful and it can be very um, nerve wracking, especially if you're a short term trader. So what short term traders will usually do is they will sell a lot of their position, whether it's 50% to 70% um, into Tether, and then when the market begins to settle down, whether it goes higher, goes lower, they'll buy back in and they feel more comfortable in doing this. And again, you have to evaluate your situation on a case-by-case -case basis and understand what your goals are. Another very interesting use for Tether is using it as your bank account for when you DCA, when you dollar cost average on a regular basis. So for example, you have $10,000 in your fiat bank account. If you transfer that same 10,000 over into USDT, the time it takes for you to go from 
US dollars to crypto is a lot shorter. And that's one of the big issues when um, trying to buy cryptos because you get these amazing buying opportunities, but the time it takes to get your money from the bank into your exchange account and then trading, sometimes there's a bit of a delay. So what I've seen people do is they'll use USDT as their, you know, sort of like their online crypto bank account. And then on a regular basis, whether it's a hundred bucks, 500 bucks, a thousand bucks a month, they will then use that money in their USDT account to then purchase crypto on a regular basis. And another area that uh, people use USDT or Tether for is during the times of major news releases or uncertainty or FUD regarding a project. And so if uh, there's a bit of uncertainty and um, a, a really big unknown that people think could impact the price, whether positive or negative, we sometimes will see more conservative investors pulling out some of their position into USDT and then waiting and seeing how the market reacts and then buying back in. Now, guys, uh, again, we want to encourage you to DYOR, do your own research, come to your own conclusions. Uh, we think that stable coins are a very interesting addition to the cryptocurrency market. It allows people to go from their fiat uh, holdings in their bank account to crypto holdings with limited uh, price fluctuation. But again, there are high risks surrounding these instruments because they're not regulated. Um, there's no oversight and the transparency is kind of murky right now, but there are certain times when they should be considered. And we want to encourage you guys to examine your own portfolio and see if any of these case and scenarios apply to yourselves and see if it might be a good addition to be holding some tether, whether for buying opportunities, whether for reducing your risk exposure, whether for having, um, for locking in your profits. There are multiple uses. And uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us at info at blockchaincamp.ca. We'd love to answer your questions. And there you have it, guys. We've uh, gone through Stablecoins 101 for you here today. We hope this was helpful. We hope this was informative. My name is Richard Green from blockchaincamp.ca. And we hope that we can see you guys soon. All right. Take care, guys. And bye for now.